This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. How was your weekend, my darlings? I feel like I've been really enjoying my weekends recently. Like I've gotten, right, do you know the way I used to have my full routine of like getting up early on a Saturday and Sunday and going to yoga and going and getting my little cinnamon swirl and coffee on my own and reading like those wholesome weekends I love, but they're just not in my life at the minute. I'm going to bring them back. I am at some point, but currently, sorry, I've got notifications going off everywhere. Let me put everything on silent. Um, currently, I am not in that era. I am in my getting too drunk on dates era. It's so funny. I was speaking to my friend the other day Eva, about it and I was like, right, I really need to stop this. Like, The thing is, right, when you go on dates and you're trying to keep up with the other person, and the other person is a man and they can first of all drink faster than you and second of all handle their drink better than you but you're keeping up with them because you want to you know keep up with the rounds and before you know it you're literally paralytic and yeah that's my problem and then I was like Dafa, right I actually need to relax and stop getting so drunk and then I just go to the shop and buy two bottles of wine for Friday night like what is my problem? Oh, but that wine was really good though. I will say I am not a wine drinker at all. I The only time I really drink wine is if I'm at a nice restaurant and like everyone around me is drinking wine and it's something that's very light, like a really light Pinot Grigio or a really light rosé, I'll have one glass of it with my dinner. But even then, to be honest, I would honestly rather just have a glass of water with my dinner. I'm not a big drinker with food. I'd rather do it before or after. Anyway, sorry, where was I going? Oh yes, the wine I had on Friday. It was sensational. So I don't, I'm not a big wine drinker. I'll drink it like that. I'll drink it in sangria. Yeah, I'll drink Prosecco for like special occasions. But this one wine, okay, you get it. I don't know if you can get it in other places, but I know you can get it in the Crafty Vintner on the Lisbon Road. I'm sure, sorry if you're listening to this and you're not from Belfast, but like, I'm sure you can get it in other places. Just look it up online. It's called, the brand is called Porta Six. And they do a few different wines, but the one I like is their Vino Verde, which translates to green wine, right? It's a Portuguese Vino Verde. It's very lightly sparkling. It's a white wine. It's very light. It's like 11%. I think a lot of wines would be more like 13, 14%. So it's a little bit lighter in terms of the alcohol. It's just like so easy to drink. Do you know the way with most wines, you'd literally take one sip and your face would be scrunched up. You know what I'm trying to explain, don't you? With this one, you don't get that at all. You sip it like it's schlur, which is good, but it's also quite dangerous. Do you know what though? Life hack, right? Because 
The thing is, once you get drunk, in your mind you want to keep drinking, but you don't want you don't actually want to keep getting more and more drunk. Like you don't want to get yourself obliterated. It's more the act of having a drink in your hand. Does that make sense? Like once you're already drunk, you don't care to get more drunk than that. But your drunk brain doesn't really register that. You just keep thinking you need to have a drink in your hand. So life hack is to get even when you are drinking, get a bottle of non-alcoholic stuff. And then once you're already drunk, you just move on to that and your brain doesn't know any debt better, but you feel so much better for it in the morning. Here's me one week recommending a 0% alcohol in the next week. Should I do that as my, yeah, we'll stick to that as my recommendation of the week, the Porta 6 Vino Verde. But yeah, one week I'm recommending a 0% wine. Next week I'm recommending a normal wine. Never know what you're going to get. Also, that bottle of wine is only £10, which I know, well, See, I'm not, because I'm not a wine drinker, I'm not a wine buyer, so I actually don't really have a concept of what is cheap and what's expensive for wine. All I know is that I do remember when I was in Australia and I was on like super budget mode and we'd be buying like $4 bottles of wine, which is literally three pounds. So, you know, I assume there's a lot cheaper (laughs) than 10 pounds, but it does taste like an expensive wine for 10 pounds, which is pretty good. Oh my god, it's just started absolutely pacing it down. The forecast in Belfast is literally to rain for the next longer than a week, right? But today, obviously when you're listening to this, I'll have already had my graduation. But today it is Wednesday and me and my family are going over to Leeds this evening for my graduation. And guess what? Leeds has literally got the same weather forecast as Belfast in terms of, you know, raining the whole week. Apart from tomorrow on Thursday, it's 20 degrees and sunny the one day out of like the next 10 days and it's my graduation day. Leeds is bringing it for me. I'm so excited because it only started saying that maybe within the last few days and I was so worried about, I don't know, I just something about graduation just screams like summertime photos and nice, I don't know, everyone out in front of the nice buildings. Not that Leeds Becca has any nice buildings because it's not a red brick uni, but yeah, I mean, it's not really going to be, when I picture nice graduation photos, I see them like in front of the beautiful Queen's building and like, I don't know, the beautiful Uni of building in Leeds. And I'm just going to be outside Leeds Beckett. Well, at least the sun will be shining because imagine it was grey and raining outside Leeds Beckett. That'd be even more grim. Also, I'm sorry, but trust Leeds Beckett to have the ugliest sash colours you could possibly think of. Electric blue and orange. Come on, like what? You can't even try and match that. Like there's no point in even attempting to match that. It's a waste of time. You just end up looking worse. And also their hats are really ugly too. Like who would have thought you could do graduation hats ugly? Well, they are quite ugly anyway, but like they've made them even worse. They come, they literally sit down at your eyebrows from the photos I was looking at. I also was maybe going to get my hair blow dried because I was thinking if I have to put on that graduation hat and my hair is naturally curly it's going to really fuck it up. So maybe I should just get blow dried. But then I decided, you know what? I think I'll be happier if I get to look back on my graduation photo and I'm with my natural hair. Do you know? Does anyone else find it really hard to dress themselves at the minute? Because, okay, let me explain this. I Right. I struggle to dress myself when we move into a new season because you forget what you dress like in that season. You forget what clothes you have that fit that weather yeah and then once you get into it and you get in the flow of things and you remember what you have you're sorted and you can't imagine being in any other season but right now what's happening is obviously we had the heat wave then I went on holiday I was fully fully embracing my summer 
feminine, like flowy skirts, short dresses, white everything, like cute little yellow accessories, sunglasses all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like very much like summer girl energy. And then now we're getting this, but it's like still slightly warm. So you don't want to wear, I don't know, you don't want to fully shift into your autumn wardrobe. But you also, I just, I don't know how to dress at the minute, guys. It's a bit of a problem. If anyone has any tips, any good style inspo for what you're supposed to wear when it's like warm, but rainy, but summer, but not, I don't know. Someone help me out, please. Yeah, anyway, delighted we'll have that one day some for my graduation. Also, I feel like my dress will get ruined, or sorry, would get ruined if it was raining because it's got like, I don't know how to describe it. It's this rat and bow dress. I actually wore it to my sister's 20th birthday party two years ago, which is why I was a bit hesitant to wear it again. Sorry, no, not to wear it again. I would wear that dress a hundred times over. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous dress. But I was thinking for my graduation, it'd be nice to have like something new that I associated with my graduation if that makes sense like I have nothing I am a huge outfit repeater I will wear everything in my wardrobe hundreds of times I just thought maybe it would be nice to get something new or not even something brand new like I could have got it secondhand off Depop or something but yeah I I honestly couldn't find anything I liked like nothing was comparing to this rat and bow dress so I just thought why am I forcing it when I have a dress that's so gorgeous that I can just wear again also the last time I wore it I had my hair blow dried and it was at night time. So it's going to be a different look, hopefully. Also, I'm going to have a big fucking gown over me anyway, so who cares? Right, let's do pit and peak of my week, shall we? Peak! Ooh, on Saturday I had a lovely afternoon with my mum. We went into town and we're doing a little bit of shopping. She bought me a little graduation prezi, which is so kind. And we just had a really nice time. We got champagne. Like, who the fuck drinks champagne? I think, was that my first time trying champagne? It actually might have been. I feel like I've only ever drank Prosecco. But anyway, yeah, we it was lovely. And then actually, you know what's also a bit of a peak? I got a new paddleboard, this brand from Northern Ireland called Bluebird. They're like an outdoors, outdoorsy company. I don't really know how to describe them. They do things like dry robes and paddleboards and you know what I mean? Just outdoor stuff, trekking shit. And uh, they very kindly gifted me a paddleboard. It came in the post, I think, as soon as I got back from holiday, but we haven't had any weather to be... Like, we kind of get, like, an hour or two a day of where the sun comes out and it's kind of nice. And you're like, oh, it actually could be a nice day. And then just starts pissing it down again. But the other day was, like, the first solid good day we'd had in so long. And I thought, I'll take it out for a spin. And, oh, my God, it was so embarrassing. I didn't know how to work the... I should have, like, tried it all at home first and, like, knew what I was doing before I went to the beach with it so that you know it was an easy process then when I got to the beach but I wasn't smart enough to do that so I didn't do that and I got to the beach and I was like what am I doing wrong here like why is this not filling up with air turns out it's like a dual pump where you can change the valve and do one to suck the air out of it and one to pump air into it and there was me standing there sucking the air out of an already deflated paddleboard not understanding why I wasn't blowing up how embarrassing So, and then I spotted this family that had a paddleboard and I walked over to them and I was like, hi, I'm really sorry, but I just got a paddleboard and I don't really know what I'm doing and it's not blowing up. Like, do you think you could come and help me or see if I'm doing something wrong? And they were really nice and came and helped me and yeah, I got it sorted and it's actually really easy. And once you do start pumping it up, it doesn't actually take that long. Well, not as long as I thought it was going to take anyway. But yeah, it was very wholesome just going out on my own on the board. It's very peaceful. 
paddle boarding. I will say I get why people are really into it. You could go out and spend more than an hour on the water, I reckon. It's good core workout too. Because you're trying to stay stable the whole time. So you're really like tensing your core the whole time. Also kind of on your arms. It's almost like you're single-handedly rowing. I don't know how to explain it, but it is a little bit of a workout and just very peaceful the whole time. You're kind of concentrated on not falling off and also just like very at peace out on the water on your own. No other thoughts, no other distractions. Kind of like a bit of a meditation. One time when I was on holiday, I saw that you could, I think it might have been in, was it in Bali? I don't know. What Anyway, somewhere I was, they offered stand-up paddle yoga. How hard would that be? I'm sorry, I'd be falling in every two seconds, but I would like to try it. Once I get a bit more confident with it and I'm more sturdy on the board, I could try throwing in some yoga poses. I don't know. Anyway, pit of the week. Is it bad that I'm really... Well, no, it's a good thing that I'm really struggling to come up with a pit of my week for this week. Mm, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been kind of thriving. <laughs> Sorry, I sound like such a wanker. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just been really in a little bubble, enjoying myself, to be honest, this past couple of weeks. Can I think of a pit? I mean, yesterday I barely got out of my... I think I didn't get out of my dressing gown until about 5 o'clock, like 5pm, when I decided to get a shower and go to a dance class. But like, it wasn't even in a depressive way. It was more in like a, I'm going to chill today and get my shit done. You know when you've got a big long to-do list and you just need a life admin day where you're working your way through it and you don't have to get out of your pyjamas to do that because it's all very much stuff that can be done... It was just a lot of shit, emails, editing, all that kind of stuff. But like, as I said, it wasn't even in a depressive way of not getting out of your pajamas. was just like kind of in a nice, productive way. So that's not even a pit. I don't even know why I said that. Four words of this week. I thought it'd be nice to do a little affirmation. Is that weird? No, let's do an affirmation together. I'm going to say it and you're going to repeat it to yourself. By the way, I didn't make this up. It's literally a post on Instagram then maybe I should start making my own affirmations up. Okay, let's do this. You can either say it out loud to yourself or just say it into yourself. I am growing and learning every single day. I am full of potential and have so much to offer the world. I am loved and appreciated. I deserve love and happiness. I am grateful for what today brings. How gorgeous. I love a bit of positive self-talk. I feel like the more you can drill stuff like that into yourself, the less negative thoughts you'll have about yourself ever imagine you started your day off like that every single day it would kind of set the tone for your brain towards your like your attitude towards yourself for the rest of the day do you not think this is an advertisement from better help therapy online guys i'm not gonna lie to you i feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place like completely haywire And I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up, I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiraling about them, I'm not talking about it, I'm just sitting there overthinking them, letting them stress me out even more and as a result I'm irritable, I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at, I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things. I know I'm not alone in this, I know this is something that so many of us face, we feel like 
we don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out and that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. I have benefited from therapy so much in the past and one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk. It was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like awkward kind of chat where I was like, hey, I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member. It just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away and there's no faffing around. And I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away. And then not only that, but you talk it through, you rationalize it, you learn, you know, different better ways you can cope with these stressors. Also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are gonna be preventative for these stressors in the first place. Therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And I mean, who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast topic. I'm going to talk a little bit about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and why it's so important and maybe some different ways you can do it because I feel like when someone says that, you kind of think of like big dramatic things, big life changes, moving to a new country, getting a new job. I don't know. I feel like the tendency is to think of these huge things, but realistically, you can push yourself out of your comfort zone in so many different little ways that make you feel more what's the word more confident more accomplished in every like in day-to-day life basically we kind of discussed the comfort zone not that long ago when I was discussing Phil Stutz kind of analogy on it he basically says the comfort zone is designed to keep your life small and contained I mean it is what it says it is it's where you feel comfortable it's your little routines that you do every single day and you know the things you do that might make you happy but might also not be making you happy like there's no one way or the other some people's comfort zone is really really enjoyable and other people's comfort zone they sit there and think fuck I need to get out of this this is not 
good for me, even though it's comfortable. So when I'm speaking about comfort zones, I don't mean that it could be, you know, the worst thing in the world. You might, I really enjoy my comfort zone. I've really learned to love my day-to-day life and my, you know, comfortable life at home and the things that I do on a day-to-day basis. But that doesn't mean I don't recognize that you do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and cross some boundaries to not only add a bit of excitement to your life, but also prove to yourself that you can do things you don't necessarily think you'd be able to do. Give you that boost of confidence, give you that kind of, it gives you almost like a bit of a zest for life. And as I said, it doesn't need to be like massive changes. We're going to talk about different things you can do. What happens when you get too relaxed and too complacent in your comfort zone and you don't you kind of get scared of moving out of that you don't see a way of moving out of that it all just seems very life in general all these maybe dreams and aspirations you might have had at one stage maybe still currently have them they all seem very big and very unrealistic and unachievable and that's why it's so important to consciously do little things to push yourself outside of your comfort zone because the more you build that kind of self-confidence in knowing that you can do these little things will get bigger and bigger till you do more significant things and then over time you'll just think like the world is your oyster and you know nothing's gonna get in your way and nothing is actually really that scary or intimidating and if it is so what feel the fear and do it anyway that's a book isn't it (laughs) that's not my quote the sense of achievement and pride you feel when you do push yourself out of your comfort zone is honestly like no other Proving to no one else but yourself that you can do things that you had a full mental block against is the most rewarding feeling in the entire world and to live your life not experiencing that would be really sad to be honest. I hope everyone can experience that at some point in their life and actually the point of this podcast is so that maybe you can introduce it to feel it every week in your life and once you experience it once then you're like looking for the next thing because you think oh my god, I can do anything now. I've just proved to myself I can do that, which I never thought I'd be able to do. What's next? What can I do now that's going to make me feel the same? What can I do now that I never thought would ever be possible? But now I've got this newfound sense of self-assurance and I have no doubt I'll be able to tackle whatever is thrown at me or whatever I want to go out there and do. And again, I just want to reiterate, right, that for someone pushing themselves out of their comfort zone might be quitting their job and moving to Australia. For another person, it might be solo traveling for six months. For someone else, it might be facing their fear of heights and doing an abseil down a building. Like for every single person, what is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is so different, but the reward you get is going to be the same. Ultimately, that feeling of achievement and the feeling of pride that you get is going to be the same across the board. So don't let what other people are making you think is the only way of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Like I know when you see, for example, on TikTok, everyone going traveling and everyone moving to Australia and everyone doing this and that. And the pressure is there to think, I haven't done that with my life. Like I haven't pushed myself out of my comfort zone enough if I haven't done that as well. But that's not the case. Not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone will enjoy that not everyone will get fulfillment out of that and you have to look at your life and your fears and your comfort zone and see what fits well with you do you know what is actually a genuine fear because you want to do it so you're kind of scared of it 
because it's pushing yourself too out of your comfort zone or what is actually just you being indifferent to something and you being like nah, I actually don't care to do that I'm actually in the middle of reading this book called 101 essays that will change the way you think highly recommend it it's very good it's really easy to dip in and out of because it's just little short essays that you can just read one at a time and put it down again or move on to your other book I read this one the other day that was about, maybe it was about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone or maybe there was a little section that was to do with that. But I highlighted this little quote from it. I'm going to read it out. It was, the presence of indifference is a sign you're on the wrong path. Fear means you're trying to move towards something you love, but your old beliefs or unhealed experiences are getting in the way. I think that's so important to remember because if you actually think about it, fear is such a strong emotion and it's obviously signaling to you that there's a reason you're scared of that. It's because of your preconceived beliefs. It's because of things that have happened to you or ideas that people have put into your head or the world has put into your head that make you so scared of something, but kind of wanting to do it at the same time. If you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't feel that fear. You would feel indifference towards it because you just wouldn't be bothered. It wouldn't trigger a emotional response from you. Does that make sense? Let's use the example of going solo traveling or just traveling in general, if you were so scared of that, it is probably because it's something you really want to do, but you've got so many ideas about what that could entail from safety to being lonely to all these different, you know, preconceived beliefs that are in your head. Whereas if you looked at traveling and just felt indifferent towards it, it probably means you don't give a fuck about going traveling. And that's fine as well. And that's why everyone's pushing themselves out of their comfort zone is going to look completely different like yours and your best friends are going to look completely different and yours to your parents are going to look completely different as well I feel like I hadn't done anything that kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone in a while and then I did the moped course thing the CBT and then after that I did like my little I know it was literally four days but yeah I did my little solo stint as part of my Greece trip and I rented the bike there and those were, I guess, two or I don't know if you want to count it as three kind of big things for me that were pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And now I feel like I'm on a roll. And now I'm like, okay, time for the next solo trip or time for the next thing that's going to make me feel that way. Like, what can I fa- What fear can I face next? So if you do feel like you've been a bit stagnant for a while and you haven't really been pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, just know that it only takes doing like one little thing to get you back on the swing of things again and get you back on a roll of looking for ways of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and, you know, facing those fears and feeling those achievements, no matter how big or small. So let's talk about some ways you can push yourself out of your comfort zone. Number one, I said making new friends. People underestimate how hard it is to make new friends once you are above the age of, I don't know what, like 22? Apart from people you work with and see that often, I feel like that's a bit different because you're constantly with those people. Like I know when I worked full time in the makeup salon I worked in, I got so close with those girls so quickly. But unfortunately, because we don't spend, you know, all of our days now like we did in school just with our friends constantly we know I spend the majority of our time working and if you're not in an environment in work where you're lucky enough to have friends or you're lucky enough to make friends and have people your age not that people need to be your age to make friends with them unfortunately you do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone if you ever want to make any new friends Because everyone's got their little daily routines, your morning routine, then, you know, you go to work, then you've got your evening routine. You've got your little things you do that 
make your daily routine your daily routine and that's like your kind of comfort zone and sometimes the thought of going outside of that it's kind of intimidating but it's also just like who could be fucked do you know what I mean like I want to get an early night I don't care to go out and like drink and socialize or do this and that and like have conversations with people I potentially don't give a shit about <laughs> like yeah there might be someone in there that I could be friends with but I am not arsed to suss out who that person is and spend all of my evenings doing that but sometimes you just have to suck it up and say yes to these things and a lot of the time actually when you're there it's not as bad as what you think it would be although sometimes it is and you're like get me back home right now For me, this is one of those things I go through phases of. I was really, really terrible at this in my last year of uni there. I think I really, to be fair, I had a lot on my plate and in my head, the thought, like the prospect of going out and trying to make new friends with people that I was only going to be there for like eight months with and it was only going to take away time that I could have spent doing other things was just like a big no for me. So I do think it's like one of those things you go through phases where you're like, it's like with dating. You go through phases where you're like, I cannot be arsed with dating like that is the last thing on my mind right now if you think I want to give up my weekends or whatever night of the week it is to random men to go on or women to go on dates with and spend money I don't need to spend and talk about my hobbies uh absolutely not no thank you but then there's other times you get so into dating and you think it's the funnest thing ever and you're doing everything for the plot and you wouldn't want to be doing anything else do you know what I mean like that is the fun way to spend your weekend maybe we all need to start putting in the same effort to making new friends as we do to when we go through the dating phases that that would be good like dating for friendships I swear there's an app for that oh wait I swear on one of the the dating apps you can just do like friend mode I feel like I've heard someone talk about that before Anyway, making new friends doesn't actually have to be as scary or even as long of a... It doesn't have to take up as much time of your life as you think it does, which is always my problem. I'm always like, I'm not giving up a whole evening, like four or five hours. No, it's not happening. It doesn't have to be that. It can literally just be a coffee, go to a yoga class together, go for a half an hour walk. No one's asking you to dedicate three nights a week to anyone. But you do have to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone to meet people in the first place. So, you know, talking to people at your gym at the end of a class that maybe kind of seem like a bit of you or just talking to strangers. Like I try and get in the habit of talking to strangers when I'm going about my daily life and not even in a way like not to try and make friends with them, but just because it actually is very sorry. I need to turn my phone on silent again. Um because it's very what's the word it's quite fulfilling you know when you come away from a conversation with a random and you're like oh wow (laughs) I feel lit up it's a very fulfilling thing to come away from a conversation with a stranger and think that was a really wholesome nice interaction and it takes so little from you to actually do like literally all it takes is instead of when your barista just asks you how are you in passing and you don't really respond and you just order your coffee all it takes is for you to turn around and be like actually say how you are and then ask them how their day's going next thing you could be talking to them for 20 minutes maybe you don't have time to talk to them for 20 minutes so yeah maybe don't always do that but you you get what I'm saying like one time I was at the park right this park not far from my house and I was literally just sitting drinking a coffee on a bench people watching just 
I didn't wasn't even reading book. Literally just sat there, people watching. And this lady, probably same age as my mum, walks past with two gorgeous dogs. And I was just, you know, as you do when two gorgeous dogs walk past you and kind of stop. I was petting away, being like, oh my God, your dogs are gorgeous. What's their names? That type of thing. I honestly sat there and spoke to this woman for an hour. She was telling me her life story. She was from Germany. She was telling me about her kids and where they went to uni and if they're enjoying Belfast and how her and her husband met and why they decided to come to Belfast and if I had any recommendations on where they could bring the kids. Like, I'm not joking you, an hour. That's not even an over-exaggeration. And it was the nicest conversation ever. I literally went home. I think I went out for dinner that night with my family, actually, and I was telling them all about it. Like, I, you just, things like that fill you up so much and you don't realise the importance of little nice human interactions like that. Wait, how did we get here? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, <laughs> sorry, yeah. So talking to strangers is a really good way to push yourself out of your comfort zone and potentially make new friends through that. Okay, number two on my list is doing activities, hobbies, sports, anything like that that you don't normally do. We have these this idea in our head that to do things, we need to be really good at them. You know, like when I say to my friends, come to a dance class with me, and they're like, why would I come to a dance class with you? I can't dance. And it's like, well, you actually don't know if you can't dance because you've never been to a dance class. And for all you know, you could A, be really good at it, B, be, not be great at it, but find it really fun and want to come back. And C, maybe just hate it completely and never go again. And that's fine. But then you have room to pick up something else. <laughs> when you're a kid, you'll try anything. You don't have these things in your head telling you not to try new things because you won't be good at them. You just try things. Whereas when you're an adult, there's like kind of a little bit of an expectation to already be good at something from when from doing it from when you were younger. But like it's such bullshit because there's space for everyone to be able to do things and be and enjoy them and not do them to a professional or an amazing level and just do it because it brings you joy. And you'll never find out what all of those things are unless you push yourself out of your comfort zone to try the new things in the first place. Like honestly, one of my biggest fears is for me to die and have not found out that I like loads of different little hobbies. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to say that I have 100% tried everything I wanted to try. I don't want to be lying there and think, oh, I wish I was able to try this or I was wish I was able to try that. It's hard because we don't have an infinite amount of time to dedicate to all of these hobbies which is why I think for me I end up becoming like obsessed with something and then kind of forget about it for forever (laughs) move on to the next obsession I have a really bad habit for doing that like at the minute my current obsession is reformer pilates last summer it was yoga and crocheting uh the summer before that it was pole dancing I was going twice a week to that there's nothing wrong with having little hyper fixations on things and then moving on to the next thing you know at least I've tried it at least I know I can come back to those things you can get too caught up in getting annoyed at yourself for like not dedicating all your time to this or all your time to that but like who gives a fuck just spend your time doing what you want to do and push yourself out of your comfort zone to find new things this always happens to me when I'm recording a podcast where I'm I'm so what's the word I'm very expressive and I use my arms a lot my hands a lot sorry and I'm quite loud 
So I ended up getting really hot and bothered because I'm like sat in my dressing gown on my bedroom floor. And then I literally have to like strip off because I'm getting really hot and bothered from speaking so fast. Well, I don't actually speak that fast. In fact, if anything, I speak slow. But anyway, I get hot and bothered from speaking and then I have to strip off and then I'm just sitting naked on my bedroom floor and I'm like, if my parents walked in on me right now or anyone in my family that actually think I'm a crazy person sitting naked on my bedroom floor recording a podcast. Okay, number three. I kind of already mentioned this, but going on dates. Dating is scary. I will admit that I, something in my brain loves to, for some reason, think that a date is like a job interview. And I start to panic and like, I literally get nervous poos. I'll arrive there like shaking, sweating. It's not good. (laughs) It's really not good. I don't know why my brain does it to me. Like when you actually deep it, you're just going for a drink. Relax. But I will be hyperventilating all day to the point that I'll have to like fully distract myself. And sometimes I've even like taken myself out on a run to just like expend some of that energy that's making me all anxious and stuff. Um, But you know what? You always find literally after... Do you know what it is I think that freaks me out? The initial meeting them, the walking up to them and not knowing what the greeting's going to be like. The The first conversation starter the who's gonna pay for the first round of drinks all that it actually sends me so I think that's what freaks me out and then the second that's done I'm grand like the second I'm one drink down maybe two although usually I'll have a drink on the way there to kind of calm the nerves you know so yeah once I'm one drink down I'm literally so fine but yeah you can't expect your future partner to just show up at your front door with a bunch of flowers and confess their love for you out of the blue, you know, some randomer that you've never met before. That's just not going to happen. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to go on dates. You have to... Look, I'm not saying everyone needs to have a partner in life. Absolutely not. But you could just go on dates for the plot, if that's a bit of your vibe. Or you could be going on dates to find your person. And either way, neither of those things are going to happen by you not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and not going on dates so just don't overthink it don't like wait for the perfect person to pop up on a dating app or the best interaction and like someone to come up to you in the middle of a bar like it doesn't always happen like that just say yes to people and to things that you wouldn't normally say yes to and then you just never know what's gonna happen okay moving on number four Doing things on your own, taking yourself out on little solo dates, going on solo trips, going to the cinema on your own, going out for dinner on your own. I don't know, whatever it is that scares you, whatever it is that you have in your head that's weird to do on your own, do it. Not only will you break this idea in your head that there's certain things you can't do on your own and that are preventing you from doing things on your own but also you'll just start to enjoy your own company more and I feel like both of those things are a win you know it's a win-win situation okay number five is to do some sort of challenge that's always scared you let me think what is a good example of this it could be a fitness challenge maybe like that seven what's it called 75 hard and then there's the other one that's like 70 oh maybe it's just called 75 soft I don't know anyway maybe it's a fitness challenge that you're terrified to do maybe it's something like camping that's always just scared the shit out of you and you think 
how the fuck am I supposed to survive in the wilderness for one night, let alone for a full weekend? Or it could literally be as simple as, for example, I'm terrible at baking, so I'm almost low-key a bit scared of it because I just think I'm so bad at it and I'm going to fuck it up and what is the point in this? But just put a bit of effort in, make the bread. Imagine how good that'll be when you get to have your fresh sourdough that you thought you wouldn't be able to make. Or maybe you look at people making sushi and you think, fuck, I can never do that. There's absolutely no hope in hell. Just try it. I kind of want to try one of the fitness challenges, but again, terrified. Maybe I will. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say it and then not commit to it. Maybe I will after summer. All right, next one is to do something spontaneous. I don't think I'm the most spontaneous person. Am I? Maybe? Okay, no, actually, I'm not a very spontaneous person. That's probably a big fat lie. Yeah, I guess this ties into just like saying yes to things you wouldn't normally say yes to, but also being spontaneous yourself. I don't really know what that involves, so I'm not going to give you any examples. Okay, next thing is to read something, like a book, or listen to something like a podcast, radio show, even it could be a documentary on TV. Just read or consume something from the perspective of someone you wouldn't normally consume from, if that makes sense. For example... If you are a straight male listening to this, you're probably not listening to this actually, but I'll use you as an example anyway. If you're a straight male, I can 100% bet you a lot of the media you consume is all produced by straight males. It's all from the perspective of straight males. And what that does is constantly just keeps you in this little bubble and keeps your, it's like an echo chamber. So you're feeding back all your thoughts to yourself, basically. You're just like hearing all of your own thoughts regurgitated or kind of told in another way that confirms all of your beliefs that you already have. Do you know what I mean? And that's when it can become quite dangerous. Like, for example, let's look at all these like young males following on people like Andrew Tate and Joe Rogan that just confirm all of this shit that they already had maybe going on in their head because people were talking about it in school or they saw it online here and there and they heard it from this person. And then they start to think all of this behavior and all of these opinions are like the norm. And that's just like the normal way to think. And that's how you should treat women. And that's how you should do this. And you should do that. I know this is just one example. I know not every straight male listens to these podcasts, but also if the shoe fits... So yeah, anyway, that's why it's really important to kind of open up your perspective and consume the media from produced by completely different perspectives, whether that be someone of a different gender, of a different sexuality, of a different race, religion, it doesn't matter. Just try to diversify what you're consuming. It's almost like challenging your brain to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Like, it's probably never crossed your mind as a straight male to sit down and listen to a female comedian's podcast because for some reason, you all have the stereotype on female comedians where you think, well, I don't really know what you think. You probably just don't even give them the time of day so you don't really even know what you think about them. But yeah, do you see where I'm coming from? It's really important to widen your perspective like that so you don't just live in this little bubble and you do actually think about the perspectives of other people and why other people would be saying these things and 
why something would affect them in this way or you kind of just end up living a bit of a selfish life where you don't consider like why other people even would have different opinions to you and where that stems from and how different people are treated and your privileges and yeah there's a lot to it there's a lot of reasons why you should do this and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is one of them all right the next one is to oh this is a good one actually I feel like, mm, am I a control freak? Maybe I am. Mm, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. It. I think it depends. If I'm with people that I know are really lackadaisical and really just like airy-fairy, then I do become a bit of a control freak because I'm like, right, well, they're not going to take control here, so I'm going to take on this role of being a control freak. But if I trust the other person to not be like that, then I don't think I am a control freak. But anyway, this point is... If you're a control freak, let someone else decide on plans. Take a step back and just let the plans be made for you. Be the airy-fairy person for once. You could end up doing something you never would have planned yourself. Maybe trying a new restaurant, going to a new place, meeting new people. I don't know. I feel like this one, it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, and my last tip. And then I'm going to get on to yours because I put up a question box on my Instagram story asking for your tips on how to push yourself out of your comfort zone. But my last one is to face a fear. So I know I already said to do some sort of challenge that's always scared you. But when I said that, I meant more like I was talking about fitness challenges or activities that you're scared of. Whereas face a fear, I'm talking about like proper fears. Like if you're scared of heights or if you're scared of spiders or maybe you're scared of swimming in open water, like jumping off the back of a boat or jumping in at the pier. I'm trying to think if I have any proper fears, but I can't think of any. No, don't be going and doing this if you have one of those, you know, genuine phobias. You'll just send yourself into a spiral. You'll be panic attack city. There's no point in doing that for the sake of trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Although, I don't know, talk to a therapist about it, maybe that'll tell you differently. More so just if you've got any like little fears that you've kind of always had from when you were a kid. Okay, time to read out some of your responses. Some of these are quite funny. One from my friend, having a danger wank. (laughs) Right? Okay, um... A lot of people just being like, even if I'm unsure of doing something, I just do it. Or like, don't think, just do. Try and talk to someone attractive sober. Travelling alone, doing unusual jobs abroad to test myself and making friends with people with different views. (laughs) Oh my god, someone said job interviews, even if I don't want the job, experience the uncomfortable situations. Fair fucks. I could never. That would actually send me into a state of pure anxiety. Applying for jobs I don't think I'm fully qualified for. Oh my god, have I ever told you that I actually applied for a job once that... Basically, I thought I was applying to be like a Red Bull girl when I was like 18. It was when I was in Liverpool. Just like the most basic role that you can get, like the entry level one. Turns out I was interviewing for a manager's role, but had no idea. So I show up to the interview and she's asking me all these managerial questions. And I was like, first of all, I haven't prepared for this. And second of all, why is she asking me these things? Like, I'm not trying to be a manager here. And then by the time I got to the end of the interview, I'd quickly gathered that actually 
I was being interviewed for a completely different role than I thought. And I was just completely milking it. I've never been a manager. Well, obviously at that point, I'd never been a manager in my whole life. I was just like completely blagging my way, making up all these skills that I had through other jobs. But yeah, I didn't get it. So, (laughs) okay, let's see. I remind myself, even if whatever it is, is really difficult slash unenjoyable, it's good for my resilience and character growth. I don't grow if I stay in my comfort zone. Yeah, I love this. You know what? Anytime I go, like, even when I went through my most recent breakup, I was like, this is so good for me. Like, even though I was having the worst time, I was also like, this is so good for me for my personal development. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can kind of try and flip everything like that. Someone else said, talk to people while in queues and lines at cafes and shops instead of going on your phone. Wait, I love this one. Someone said, I go for city walks while wearing outfits that slay. This has built my confidence so much. Huge slay. Going to the gym every day. I have anxiety, so it's a massive step for me. Oh, someone said, every every second night out, I don't drink. I would like to start doing that just to push myself out of my comfort zone to see if I can actually do a sober night out. So this is the thing, when I did like dry January and then when I kind of tried to carry it on a little bit into February and March, like although I was being really good at not drinking, I wasn't socialising. I wasn't pushing myself out of my comfort zone to be sober in those situations and push through that like uncomfortableness of everyone around you being drunk and you not being drunk. So yeah, that's actually something I would really like to do. I really try and do things alone that society deems out of the norm, e.g. go to a busy restaurant for dinner or go to a small gig or a bar alone. It's very important for me to do it every month. Wearing outfits that I'd look twice at in the street and are fun to put together. I love this. I love people pushing themselves out of their comfort zone in a fashion sense. I tell myself nothing will hurt me as much as doing nothing will. (gasps) Love. Words of the week, nothing will hurt me as much as doing nothing will. Public speaking, joined a uni committee so I have to give mini lectures challenging myself. That's another thing I'm trying to overcome. I've done a full episode on it, we all know about that by now. Someone else said, being a teacher, lol, every single lesson scares me every day but it's getting easier. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how teachers do that. Just constantly be, well... When you actually deep it though, it's not a big deal, but because no one in the class is thinking twice about it. But me personally, being so scared of public speaking, like the thought of being in front of a class like that all day, every day is maybe my worst nightmare. Sign up for random side quests. Just volunteered in a Buddhist monastery in Nepal for a month. I love this. Oh my god, no, this is amazing. No, I haven't mentioned anything that's like this, but constantly telling myself I'm beautiful even when I feel as far from it as possible. That's amazing. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna leave it on that note seeing as that was just so, such a beautiful way to finish. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram stories. Spread the here for the crack word. If there's anything you guys want me to speak about over the coming weeks, don't hesitate to just drop me a little DM on Instagram. As always, thank you all so much for your continued love and support. It means the absolute world to me. I love you guys loads and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.